Yes, sir, we promised you a great main event here tonight. WrestleMania! is professional wrestling and it's the world's number one sports and recreation podcast you know the only podcast i believe in the pro wrestling world hosted by someone who was champion within the last week and change it definitely is and, and i'm pretty sure it's the only one that i'm aware of hosted by uh somebody who won a championship in their debut match in the wwe you know what? I'm so glad that you're here with these kind of statistics. You know what I mean? And that's how you know he is the physically large stack guy, Greg. SGG, how that's are you? That's right. I'm doing great, Peter. How you doing? You know, I'm great. I'm 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 coming down. I'm 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 getting comfortable with everything that's happened. You know, I'm I'm dealing with the loss of my title. Um, you know, I saw that. That no good jabroni Doug Flutie, who was a disgrace to the twenty four seven championship, won it over the weekend. Ugh, unbelievable. I mean, I think he held it for like five minutes. Absolutely disgraceful, like you said. That's the only word for it. I mean, that's the thing. Like this, this is a title with champ with champions in the lineage. So now, exactly. Now, when you see other people, you're always going to go. Eh, I don't know. I don't know yeah. if that guy's quite worthy. Um, SGG, what's going on with you? What's happening outside the ring, first of all? Um, outside the ring, there's not much. We didn't talk about the the big news of the past couple of weeks, though, the Peacock deal. We have not really spent much time on the Peacock deal. No, we have not. Um, I'm looking forward to it, though, honestly. Just mathematically, it, it makes sense, right? Because I believe, isn't Peacock $5? Or so, you know, WWE network subscribers are already paying ten, and I think now you'll pay ten and get all of it, correct? Yeah, if you pay, I mean, you're probably going to get it with the five. No, I think it's nine ninety nine. I feel I, I, I'm pretty sure I saw it's nine. Are they not making it available for the five dollar tier? Because I know Peacock has a free tier, and they'd be silly to give the WWE network way on that one. Well, if so, that would make me question the numbers. But um, if it's if if it's for the nine ninety nine tier, though, that's ad free. So you get the network, which you were paying for anyway. And then, you know, somebody like you could watch episodes of The Office ad-free and just binge them straight out. Well, that's exactly, what, everything else that's exactly what someone like me would be doing. I would be watching episodes of The Office. I plan to watch episodes of The Office, something that I know you're not going to do. Absolutely not. Because that's not how you do. But no. you better believe I will be, damn it. I try to find better better uses for my time. <laughs> let's let's be honest too. I, I this I've been thinking about this a lot recently. 
the more I fight against it, the more you're going to double down on it. That that's what's happening. I realize with the office, it's like well, it's so broadly popular that now there's just going to be more and more people who fight it for no reason. No, there's not no reason. It it just doesn't. It's not my brand of humor. I, 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 I just I don't. It's know not. That. Yeah, it's not. I don't believe that. I actually don't believe that. I think I objectively could show you an episode of The Office and you'd be like, yo, this is funny. So top to bottom, this is a funny episode. I just, listen, it's one of those things you can't change it. The milk's out of the udder. So like, it, by the time you see a movie it, and it's been nominated for Best Picture, you can't unsee that it's been nominated for Best Picture. Yeah, you but can, having caught you, many, many episodes, um, I think, hold on, I have to check that. Oh, no, SGG has an important law call. This has never happened in the history of the podcast. Now, I don't know, by the way, we're going to have to have some comment. This is very rare that SGG stands up during the podcast, so I haven't seen his pants. He may be wearing Zubaz pants when he does the podcast, which is also somewhat alarming. So, uh, listen, I'll say this about the Peacock deal. Um, for me, it works because I was concerned. Right now, I'm DVRing the office on my TV app, my AT&T TV. I would much rather just have access to it. Plus, you know, Peacock's going to have other things that I'm sure I want to see. And all of this just feeds back to the the number one theory that I've ever come up with in my life, um, which is I have said for many, many years, I am sure I've said it on this podcast before, SGG can correct me um, if I have not said it on this podcast before, but I'm pretty sure I have, that we are going back to a system of cable. And this is just another... Over the weekend, I think during the Super Bowl, I saw an ad for Paramount Plus. Yeah. Like, this just never ends. So, as I've said for a long time now, we're getting closer <laughs> and closer. Um to a cable system and we are going to be there because at some point you're going to go i have peacock i have paramount i have this one i have that one it's going to be like well you know what we should do if we could just have one system that incorporates all these channels wouldn't that be so useful yeah and the cable companies are to come out and go guess what we have an idea we know how to do it. We've done this before. And here's the best part. They're going to do it with a higher price point than they had before all of this. And it's going to seem like a great deal to the consumers. Yeah, I, I read I read a couple of years ago, too, that like with this type of programming, we're in a constant cycling uh, bundle of a cycle of bundling and unbundling. And now we went through an unbundling cycle. And now you see it on all these even streaming services, like the Disney plus has like Marvel section and that geographic section. Paramount plus has a bunch of different channels that they put under there. Like all of these things don't just give you the one thing they have. They have a lot of different, even discovery plus has, I think like 10 different channels that they have under that umbrella. And like you said, too, it's going to come back. It's going to circle back to like, I don't know if it's going to be called cable or what it's going to be, but it's no, they'll probably be come back. up with a new name to make us feel better. So we're not going backwards. Yeah, we'll be back to a system where all of that is under one umbrella that everybody's paying for. It, there's just we're getting it's going to be so satisfying for me. 
I've said it to those close to me for a very long time, and now I'm seeing it. It's within the next couple years. Like, I think yeah. we're within two years of it now. And then you're right, SGG, you'll be able to then pay for, oh, well, you know, I, I'm more interested in what Peacock has to offer, so I'm going to pay extra to get everything they have as well. Mm -hmm. So there's going to be different ways to do it, but in the end, we're going to come cycle all the way back around uh, to having cable. That is my firm, firm belief. Yeah, um, I think you're absolutely right. Now, this this is uh, – we have never started the podcast this way before, SGG, because normally this segment is at the end of the podcast. But yes. we are now going to start the podcast with this. The queen of the black power rankings last yes. week, and I'm sure SUG, she'd be up for it again. Bianca Belair is on Cheap Heat. Hey, Bianca. Welcome. Hello. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? We sure can. Yes. Hello. I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> so We're happy to have you. So happy to have you. I mean, this is, uh, this is, uh, I love talking to people when they're having, you know, a moment in life. And this is not going to be the highest moment. And I'm sure there have been other highs along the way. So where are you in your Royal Rumble win high status. Have you like come down to earth a little bit? Like, how does it feel right now? <laughs> you know, it's just, it's, it's a great feeling. I will say this is probably the highest moment I've had in my WWE career. I can't say that, you know, being the, the winner of the women's Royal Rumble, last woman standing out of 30 women. Um, Yeah. At first I, you know, in the ring, I had like the moment of wow, I just won the Royal Rumble. And then I looked to the left and saw the WrestleMania. So I'm like, wow, I'm going to WrestleMania. So it's been crazy, but um, I've been trying to like find my words. I, I feel like the best way to describe it is that, you know, I'm a grown woman, right? Like mm -hmm. I am a grown woman. But ever since winning the Royal Rumble, I have been feeling like a five-year-old little girl. It's just like the little girl is coming out of me. I'm just so happy. I'm full of joy, like no care in the world. Just, just happy. That's how I feel right now. Oh, that's amazing. Um, SGG, I'll let you jump right in. What do you got for Bianca Belair? So I just want to start start off a little bit, a little light, right? Because, I mean, you know, I want to ask about your gear. Because I saw the gear at the Royal Rumble. And every every event, I think you make your own gear. Like, what inspired the Rumble gear? And then are you looking forward to what you want to do for WrestleMania? Have, do you have ideas? Is it going to yeah. be pirate-themed also? Um, yeah, so I make my own gear, um, every, every match I have. And I always usually for like the big moments, I make the gear. I wear it once. I don't want to wear it again. I try not to, cause I want to, every time I look at my gear, I want to be able for it to take me back to like a specific match that I had or a moment that I had. But every time I make my gear, I try to find a purpose or make it make sense. And so for the Royal Rumble, I was trying to think of a theme that makes sense. And then I looked at the comic book theme. And it's something I've always actually kind of wanted to play around with. And so I just I just drew inspiration from the Royal Rumble. I'm like, what's the what's the better route than going than sticking with the Royal Rumble theme, which is the, the comic book theme. And then, you know, I had slay on my gear because I'm just like, I always show up, I always slay. So it just all made sense for me. And I wanted to feel like a superhero 
in the moment. And I feel like, you know, it just really, I played off of my gear and I was superhero, the superhero in that moment. Uh, for WrestleMania, uh, I don't know. Um, you know, I feel like I've made my gear all the way up until this point. And I'm like, okay, if like once I'm at WrestleMania now, so I have to make my gear now. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, it has to be, it has to live up to the hype. It has to be something big and amazing. I'm like, can I make something that good? And right now, I don't know. Uh, I will probably make like 10 different gears. And then the night before, something <laughs> will click in my head and I'll be like, this is what I need to do. And I'll be up to like four o'clock in the morning making my gear. So I don't know. I just know that it has to be something big and great. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> one one thing that really touched a lot of people was the video of your parents watching um the Royal Rumble. Um and it was it was amazing. I loved it. Um how much do you clue your parents into what's going on with Bianca Belair, the WWE superstar, or do you kind of like give them a general idea things are going well, oh mom works good, blah, 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 and then let them just watch TV every week? Well, my parents, they're, they're so involved. They've been involved my whole life, like no matter what I do. You know, the way they are with um, the way they are now with wrestling is how they were when I was in track and gymnastics, when I was in the beta club. When, like, no matter what I did, they're just always full in. And with WWE, it's, it's, it's no different. But, you know, they come to every single big moment. They've been to every single takeover. They've been to every single pay-per-view that I've been a part of. And now it's crazy right now with how the world is and I just always want to them to feel like they're a part of the moment, but I never, I never, they just watch. I never tell them anything like, and it's, it's, it's funny because they, I'm always like, you have to come to this takeover. It's like a big takeover. And I know they always think like, she's going to win. And then they go and then I lose and then they go and then I lose and I lose and I lose. So, you know, when I had them set the camera up, they had no, they, they, they just were like, yeah, like she just wants us to be a part of the moment. And so when I won, they were just, like that was like raw real emotion for them they're just like such proud parents and I always want to bring them along the journey any type of way that I can but they're just there watching they don't they don't really know like the ins and outs of anything they're just like proud parents and fans oh that's amazing that's that's the dream you know you know SGG somehow my parents did not video themselves when I won the 24-7 championship that night yeah it's 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 sort of ridiculous. I mean, it's crazy because, I mean, Bianca and I both made history. I believe I was the first Jewish broadcaster to ever win the 24-7 championship. I think Bianca. so. You know, where's my chronicle? Where's my day of? <laughs> That's a big deal. We got to get you a chronicle. <laughs> um, the, the chronicle was really cool. I mean, people got a lot more insight. Um, one thing that I, I I took away from it was, you know, obviously anyone who pays attention knows your athletic past um, and how serious you were in track. Um, but the thing about being nicknamed Flojo and sort of, you know, the the role that she played to, you know, everybody, but specifically the little black girls, I imagine, who were involved in track and field mm-hmm. was special. Um, how does it feel to you to already be at your young age sort of playing a role like that for little black girls who watch wrestling and and now seeing someone that they could believe in and and that looks like them for me it's an amazing feeling it's uh you know it's one thing to have a job and be able to put food in your mouth and put a roof over your head but it's a whole other thing to have purpose and that's what 
gives my job purpose. That's what gives like what I do. It brings purpose to me. It's my why. It's my motivation um, to do what I do. And it's, it's an amazing feeling because I know that I am where I am right now because of, you know, growing up and seeing women like Flojo and being on the track and hearing like people cheering, like, go Flojo, go Flojo. And knowing who that is and seeing what she accomplished and seeing what she looked like, that gave me confidence. And that really made me, it helped me navigate like my place in this world and like made me think about what are my, what, what are my possibilities? And it, you know, like even Dominique Dawes and Gail Devers, these women, they, like I am where I am right now because I saw myself in them and I saw them accomplishing things and it made me know that it was possible for me. So it's amazing to know that I'm now in this position where I am doing the same thing for other people and I'll be able to have like a positive impact and influence on their life. And, you know, then they'll grow up and they'll be able to keep doing it for someone else. And even like I always say, like, even if you see, if it's something that you want to do and you don't see someone, someone else doing it, then you, you, you become that representation. You open the door and it's just an amazing feeling. It's like, it's not even about boosting my ego. It's just about purpose and having, I love having purpose in what I do. And it just makes, I like, I want to have fun with what I do. And that's, it's just, it's great. <laughs> so speaking of purpose, like, um, what do you think, how can, I, how can I word this question so that I don't get you in any trouble? Because I want you to walk out of WrestleMania with a championship, right? But I feel like in terms of inspiring black girls, the match that does that is you and Sasha Banks. But in terms of getting you a championship, I feel like it could be anybody in that role and you would walk out of WrestleMania with the championship. So do you want to at WrestleMania, without saying what you're going to do, go for the match that is inspiring to like the young black girls growing up everywhere and black boys too, who could, who could see you doing what you do or the one that's selfishly going to pad your resume a little bit more, get you a championship and then really strap the rocket to your back. Or I guess put more fuel in the rocket that's on your back. Um, I mean, right now I have, I have no idea what I'm going to do. I have no idea what my, my decision or choice is going to be, but like I say, um, you know, being in the position I am, I always say like, I don't have the privilege to just go out there and just wrestle and perform. Like there's so much more that goes into it with representation and trying to figure out like, what is like not being selfish, but also like figuring out when's the right time to do it. And when's the right time to like, there's never a time when I'm not thinking about representation. And so I think it would be a great match, you know, having a match with Sasha Banks would, would really stand for something great, having two alpha black females in the ring together and, and what it represents to women, what it represents to little black girls, little black boys, adults. Um, it, but what it just represents in general would be amazing. But at the same time, like you can't, we, we have Asuka as well, who is mm -hmm. an amazing champion on Raw. Like she, she had an undefeated streak at, when I was in NXT with Asuka. So that's another thing that's like really close to my heart as well. Like I was in NXT with Asuka. I got to watch her undefeated streak streak. I got to watch all these championships that she had. And I actually had a match with Asuka um, when I was very, very, very new. It was my very first championship match, maybe in front of 150 people. And I remember coming through the curtain and my husband was there again and like having this moment with him that I felt like, Oh, wow, I'm new and I just I just hung with the NXT Women's Champion who's undefeated. So having that in my mind too, that could be like this huge accomplishment of everything, like just coming together and in full circle with Oscar as well. 
So it's just, it's a really big decision and I'm still trying to get my emotions together from the Royal Rumble match and winning. And it's just so much, so much on the play. And you also have like NXT EO Shirai, you know, I I never got to be NXT Women's Champion. So there's so much. I was going to say that too. That's eluded you. So you could always, it wouldn't be a step back because Charlotte went and did it last year. Exactly. And like, I was trying so hard in NXT. So there's so much at stake with all three brands. I think that that's what's amazing with, you know, the anticipation of what's my decision going to be. But I think regardless, um, we're going to create magic with whoever I choose. It's just, it's a lot at stake right now. And I can't make a decision right now. Well, I I think you made a really interesting point there about you don't have the privilege to not think about representation, which is like a really interesting and you know, it's it obviously is also sort of sad that it's 2021 and we these are issues that are completely not only relevant, like beyond relevant right now. And that like God willing, you know, God willing one day there's a a, a, a little girl who's inspired by you who doesn't have to think about representation because mm-hmm. representation's equal. So like and it's crazy that that is something that still so needs to be talked about, but it absolutely does. And that's just a pressure that I think it's important for people to acknowledge, because I think I don't even think about it that way often enough. Like, man, like it's dope. It's so dope that you play that role. But like as a white person, I don't think about the pressure of (laughs) representation. I don't think that I'm going to make people you know, I mean, uh, that's not totally true. There are moments when there are Jewish people who have done things that I go, hold on now. But <laughs> obviously it's not the same as being black in America and and sort of the the, the level of pressure that comes with that. So I'm just, I'm, I'm glad you illustrated it because I don't think um, uh, non-black people, I don't think white people think about that enough, that there's a lot that comes with that, you know, not just being able to perform, but having to think about the way an entire race of people feels when you perform. And I think, too, having to be new to the sport and do that, too. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's I'm, I'm very new. And but I'm, I'm and I will say uh, when I say I don't have the privilege, I'm saying that in the way of, of I'm I'm blessed and I'm happy to be able to be a part of representation. Um, but um, it, it is very a little difficult because I am new, but I think it also plays to my advantage as well, because I feel like I'm so into just being myself and staying true to myself and um and I'm, I'm able to kind of bring in that unique perspective, maybe, of just, like, I'm just being unapologetically me. I'm very new to this. I don't know everything. So I'm kind of, like, trying to figure out, like, learn the ropes. But at the same time, kind of doing it my way as much as I can as well. But, um, yeah, like, it's, it's, it's a little. It's a handful. It, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's a it's a mood. It's a subject. It's a, it's a thing to talk about. But. I, I'm I'm uh, grateful that I'm be able to be on this WWE platform and be able to be the representation to, to little girls. But I can't like I like you said I can't wait to the day when it's just a normal thing. Right. It's just it's just a normal thing, and this is just what we do because it's normal. It's just what it's just what it is. Um, I when I saw Rhea Ripley and you um at the end of the Rumble, uh, I brought this up with our group chat the other day. Listen. When I see you and Rhea, I think, could we be looking at Stone Cold and The Rock? Like, could we look? Could we be looking at two people who sort of are always involved with one another and have a long-term story? 
Is that something that's ever crossed your mind? Because you guys both just jump off the paper. Talent, charisma, athleticism, credibility, strength. Like you guys really match up perfectly in so many ways. Has that crossed your guys' minds? Definitely. You know, NXT, you know, it's, um, we, we had a feud in NXT. And I know maybe a lot of people haven't seen what we did at NXT. So it was really exciting to share that moment with Rhea at the Royal Rumble and have two new superstars able to showcase who we are and really show what the future holds like with, with us two and what we're really going to bring to the table. And I love getting in the ring with Rhea because she's, she's talented. She's athletic. She's amazing. And she just brings the best out of you. You know, when you're in the ring with Rhea, you have to bring like 110%. But what's, what's interesting with Rhea, uh, when I started working with her and wrestling with her in, the, in NXT, there was a picture uh, that someone had. And I remember looking at it and thinking, we're basically almost the same person. Like if you look at the size, the, 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 our size and how tall we are, our stature, she's athletic. She, I'm athletic. She's strong. I'm strong. She's aggressive. I'm aggressive. And we're like almost an equal match. If you think about it. So it's really interesting when we get in the ring because we kind of do a lot of the same things and it's a really cool dynamic and it's just I feel like we always create magic when we get in the ring and I think that it was just so exciting and refreshing at the, at the end of the Royal Rumble to see us two in the ring together and I'm just like I think we just we didn't even scratch the surface Mm-mm. so I'm so excited for the future I hope we cross paths again I don't know where she's at, where she, she's staying in NXT, going to Raw, going to SmackDown. I don't know. But all I know is that I hope that we cross paths in the future. And I think that we have a lot more to bring to the table. Agreed. And now you talk about sharing the ring with, with uh, Rhea. But then right after the Rumble, um, people didn't see this live on the show. But then there were pictures that came out after. You got to share a moment with uh, Montez. So, like, how has that been for you? Because you mentioned that he was there when you wrestled in front of 150 people with Asuka. So just like having him, it sounds like every step of the way, like, has that been, has that made it, it had to have made it easier for you, like going through this journey? Definitely. You know, being with someone that's actually in WWE as well, they understand the ups, the downs. They, you know, you're able to really confide in him. And the thing about him is that, he, you know, he watched wrestling growing up and I didn't. And so he's really been there every step of the way. Like even when I first got to NXT, he's like, watch this person, watch that person. Let's watch this WrestleMania. This is where you start with learning the business. And even the whole idea of the braid, like I was like, I want to wear this braid and, but I kind of want to wear my hair down. And he's like, no, wear the braid because that makes you stand out. And even if somebody comes to a show, they might not know your name, but they always know that's the girl with the braid. And that's what makes you unique. And he's been there since like the very beginning. And he's been at every single takeover. And it's just cool that I'm able to do what I love alongside the person that I love. We're kind of at the same level and we're like, we're like climbing together. So it's a really cool moment. And it's just, it's, uh, uh, it's great that whenever I come through the curtain after big moments, he's always right there and I can always go to him because those are the moments that a lot of people don't see when everything finally just starts hitting you and, and everything's settling in. And it's like, I don't know what to do, what to say. So I just, I just go to him and just like fall into him and, I'm able to like regroup myself when I'm with him, but it's really good to be with somebody who's also in this business. And he also helps me stay focused on the things that I can control and, you know, helps me keep my perspective in check. And and we always check each other all the time because we're like, we want to be happy. We want to enjoy what we do. 
Um, and so we always make sure that we're happy at work and we're enjoying what we do. And if we're not, we sit there and we talk about it, and we figure it out together. So it's great to be able to share these really great moments with my husband. And I'll tell you one thing. We have a word for someone like Montez on this show. He's a great guy. He really yeah. is. Yes, he is. He's just a, <laughs> whenever I see him, he's just a great guy all the time. Like he is one of the all most, the time. you know, there are some times when I'm in a bad mood in the morning and I see his God is good tweet. And I'm like, yo, what happened today? Montez, can you make it shine for me today? Cause it doesn't feel that great. <laughs> is he always so positive and upbeat? Cause every time I see him, he's got a hearty handshake and a big smile. Always. <laughs> Yes, the person that everyone sees in the ring for 10, 15, 20 minutes, the person that I get 24-7 at home. I don't understand how he has so much energy. Uh, I can't keep up half the time. Uh, but What's no, he, he doing right now? He's he's in I off the wall just, somewhere. I actually just heard him on FaceTime. I think I heard Gary and I heard him screaming. He like randomly screams like the other day. I was in the bed and I heard him screaming and like doing this evil laugh. And I'm like, what is, but it's like, it's normal. It's just normal. So I'm just like, oh, okay. So I keep watching TV. And then I look at my phone. I have all these text messages of him doing the animation that I, I posted. He was like, are you ready for the Super Bowl? And he's just <laughs> sending me all these crazy text messages and animations. And, but he's, he's a, I can call him. Let me, yeah. Where's he at? Tell him to come say hi. Babe, come here. Yeah, it comes. I, I want. I mean, you guys live together for God's sake. You're married. <laughs> but yeah, he brings he brings like the, the 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 joy and the upbeatness out of me because I'm actually a more like calm and reserved person. And but meeting him, I, I've become more like, you know, outgoing and over the top. But he's he's like that all, all the time, all the time. Come here. You tell him I'm timing him, by the way, too. So this is this is important because I need to know how fast he comes when Bianca calls. You know what I'm saying? Yes. We're already at like it's 17 important. seconds, Montez. I mean, this is really, really important. This is a test it's of not, all tests. It's not looking good for him right now. I mean, if we get up to 45 seconds, I'm going to have oh serious God. questions. Yo, man. Hey. <laughs> What's going on, fellas? You got the What's gimmick, too? Test? With the oh, cup yeah. in hand? With the cup. I find these all around the house, like, like just everywhere. They're like decorations of the house. You got to hydrate people all throughout the house. You never know when it gets thirsty. <laughs> it's true. The house. Well, Montez, you know, two things. Might, one, we were testing. Going to the bathroom and get a little thirsty, you know. Well, yeah. number two things. One, we were testing to see how fast you'd come running when Bianca called for you. And number two, she was talking about sort of the joy and energy that you bring to her life. But tell us real quick while you're here. Just what what did it mean that moment? You see the hat too, P. Yeah, of course. The hat says God is good, right? The man's hat. <laughs> the man is, is positive all the time. God is dope. So take us through that moment when you were on the other side of the curtain watching the rumble, just emotionally watching your partner go through that moment. What was that like? Oh man, so like, uh, like everything like we've been through in the past, pretty much like five five years, shoot, five plus years now almost, is uh, just kind of like came like to a head in fruition at that point. And like I've seen all the struggles, I've seen all the heartaches, I've seen all the like the endurance, the sacrifice that she put in throughout the years. So her point at the sign was going like, hey, you know, it was all worth it just for that, just for that point. So that's where it all just kind of like gushed out at the same time. Do you, do you, you know? get so, more anxious for her big moments or yours? 100% hers. I get way more nervous for her moments than mine. Mine, I'm just ah. Yeah. 
whatever. You know, <laughs> but that's the same. Yeah. I get I'm I'm in there praying backstage. I'm shaking when he's about to wrestle. Yeah. I'm like screaming because he, he, yeah. he scares me. Because like when, yeah, when, no, he's when, scary. He flies. Because yeah. <laughs> a lot of high risk when I'm out there, I feel like I can control the situation. But when she's out there, I feel like like it's it's all her. So I'm just like <laughs> I have no way of protecting her at all or making sure she's okay. So it's just like a thing of like, all right. All right, Lord, I'm going to trust you to do your damn thing. You know what I mean? So. You know, the only time he gets quiet is when I'm wrestling. I, yeah. Somebody recorded him. He gets really, really quiet and serious. And, like, he doesn't talk. That's the only time he's quiet. Yeah, I can when imagine. I that's, a, that's a scary circumstance. You can't, that's the one time you can't do anything to help. It's just, you just, and it's, and listen, this is a physical game. Now, now Bianca was also just telling us, last thing for you, Montez. She Bianca was telling us about you being a wrestling fan growing up and putting her on to stuff early on. What was the stuff on the network that you were having Bianca watch to really start understanding what this business is all about? Oh man, that's a good question. There's a lot. Uh, mostly just like because of her, like her built, like she's a, she's a tank man. So like I had her like watching like a lot of Brock, a lot of jazz, mm. a lot of, uh, you know, Ezekiel Jackson, uh, a lot of the big guys that are like big and did like a lot of power moves, China, a lot of people that was strong and they could do really strong stuff. Uh, Lex Luger, uh, gosh, who else? Uh, Ultimate Warrior. Mm. Um, Jesus, I'm just thinking smart the hair. Brock, Bobby Lashley, uh, pretty much anybody that had like a powerhouse arsenal, like she was watching them. And then the fact that she's a hybrid, she's athletic. So it's like, well, now you can do these power moves. But had her watch some of the like also the cruiserweight stuff like Rey Mysterio, Eddie, a couple of those guys too, just because she can pretty much do it all. You know, I'm not that flexible in my my uh, jeans, so you know I just pass that on to her. So, <laughs> yo, well, thanks for jumping in, man. You guys are so okay, well, cute. Thank you. The podcast is going to explode. So, thanks, No, appreciate it. Y'all be easy, man. Make sure y'all hydrate. Because <laughs> Montez said, so I'm going to take a sip of water. There you go. SG, there you come go. On. Hydrate. You need that right. hydration. Yo, that's so important, too. I mean, is that something that people take for granted? Like, a lot of times, you know, one of the main things I hear the veterans in the TV, like in TV Locker, Bianca, it's like, um, you know, Booker's there and JBL's there. So it's a lot of vets all there talking. And one of the main things I'll ever hear them complain about um, is about when people, when talent isn't taking advantage of who they are. Meaning you are strong. Um, so that doesn't mean you shouldn't ever do the high spots, but that it needs to be sporadic because you need to show people what your power is, that you are your strength is such a thing. Did, did, did it take time for you to understand that? Who helped you sort of kind of uh, figure out what the Bianca Belair performer is like in the ring? Well, uh, my coach Sarah Motto at the Performance Center, she, she did hers thing with me because when I tell you I knew nothing when I walked into the performance center I actually I think I walked in with track tennis shoes on and crossfit knee sleeves and they're like where are your wrestling shoes where are your wrestling knee pads I'm like wrestling shoes what do you mean so like she taught me everything she but like the performance center is so amazing with with all the coaches and all the resources that it has but she really taught me how to um what I should do, what I shouldn't do. Mark Kearney also, when he came to the performance center, he had a talk with me when he was like, what, what, what do you, what do you want to be? When people look at you, 
what do you want them to see? Like before, like how did, you know, you want to be able to step into the ring and people know who you are and what you're about without even having to open your mouth. And, you know, your moveset matches who you are and it makes sense. So uh, I really spent a lot of time with Sarah Amato and really picking like different movesets that really showcased who I was athletically, even like my body language, facials. Um, I really just, when I got to the performance center, I honed in on my, like honed in on my craft. I completely stopped doing CrossFit. Anything on the outside, I stopped because I felt like this was the opportunity of a lifetime. If I want to be successful with this, I have to completely like, indulge myself into this and that's what I did and uh but I was like my husband and Sarah model those are the two Mark Henry those are the three that really had me focusing on myself and doing what's for me and understanding that just because I see somebody else do something that works for them it's cool for them doesn't mean that it's for me Correct. you know yeah. so everything is not for everybody yeah. and sticking to exactly what works for me so speaking of just you being you are there any sides of yourself that you haven't got to show the WWE universe yet. Cause I mean, just judging from the Chronicle, I feel like the person that we saw up to that point was just a completely, like we got one tenth of who you were after watching the Chronicle and seeing just all, all that you have and all that you've been through and all that you bring to the table. So like what other things, what other sides of yourself are you hoping to show to people at least going forward in your career? You know, me, I'm just at this point, I'm an open book. I feel like I've made it through like so much. And I'm at a point where I'm so happy that I'm able to really open up and just be comfortable with opening up and, and sharing all parts of myself. I feel like in NXT, I was um, that was like the development of Bianca Belair and figuring out who she is. And, you know, at the end of my NXT career, I feel like I was one person now coming on to Raw and SmackDown. I feel like I'm reintroducing myself. And, you know, a lot of people that might not or might not have known who I was are just now getting to know who I am. So I feel like I'm reintroducing myself right now. I'm starting from, you know, starting all over again. And I just I'm, I'm excited to take people along the ride and the journey of really getting to know who Bianca Belair is. It's just the beginning phases. And um, once I go through like, WrestleManias and, and more trials and tribulations throughout my career, I feel like I can then start evolving and navigating who Bianca Belair is. And I just want to show all different sides of me because like I always say, I don't want to be put into a box as a person or as a wrestler. Um, I'm multifaceted and I want to, I want to showcase that. And I, and I want to normalize, like knowing that you're, knowing that you're good at something and, and, and being able to be proud about it and talk about it and not be, shame that are thought of like not be called like a show off or say like oh you think you're better like no i just know i'm good at this let's normalize being proud of being good at what we're good at um, but doesn't it go deeper than being good though aren't you the est facts i mean you did say not even just better you, you are best yeah the best yes, yeah the best the best <laughs> knowing that you're the best at something and being proud about it um <laughs> would you ever have a, and has it ever been discussed a hair versus hair match with bianca belair <laughs> I mean, oh, come man. on. People bring it up all the time. Uh, and they ask, if, they ask, like, do I ever think I'll be a part of that? I think that it's um, pretty much inevitable because, I mean, so much of who I am is, is my brain. I mean, she even has a name. Her name is Destiny. So oh, Destiny. she's like, a, a, she, this is Destiny. Hi. And uh, I think it's, I think it's, it makes, it makes sense, right? So, and I think that 
it it's it's really fun to have views that sometimes that aren't always a part of the title picture. And if mm-hmm. I have a hair versus hair hair match, that's this bigger is than the title. This I, I mean is. I. I'm gonna say it's bigger than the title. The title's big, <laughs> you know. But uh, there will be a lot at stake, and I think a lot of people could get very invested in it. I don't want to lose my braid. I don't want to lose my hair. I don't want so you I to think, lose it either. Yeah, I think it'll be great. So I think it'll be great. I'll be you, down for it. Is it a no? Does Destiny if you ever lost Destiny? I will cry. Well, <laughs> well, here's my question. I would. So, would you cry if you lost Destiny, or would you cry for a minute and then be like, "Well, there are some upsides here." I mean, I would cry, but you know. My hair is so versatile. I, I can always, I can always make something work, and she can grow back. It's fine. She it might take a couple of years, but I would definitely cry. I would, I would be sad. Are there moments? So I, I would fight my heart out. That would be the match of yes. my life. Besides the title match, especially at WrestleMania, I'm going to fight for my life there. But that would be another time where, like, it would be a lot on the line. Are there any moments during matches when destiny presents challenges or like, you know, you literally trip on it. I mean, have there ever been any sort of complications (laughs) caused by it? Yeah, it's a, it's been a trial and error type of thing. I've learned if you, if you watch some of my matches, you'll see where I'm doing certain moves where I actually grab it. And I don't even know that I'm grabbing it because it's muscle memory now. It's been a trial and error of figuring out when I need to get it out of the way. Like when I do, a, when someone does a drop down, I do a front handspring, I usually grab it. So I won't trip over it because I have tripped over it before. Um, if someone's throwing a clothesline, I will grab my braid because it has, it's some stuff has happened before where it's gotten in the way. And I want to, I want it to be able, I want to be able to use Oh, wait, Bianca froze for a second. I think you want to be able to use it as an asset. Is that what you're saying? To my advantage. Okay. Yeah, no, that that makes sense. You broke up a little bit, but you want it to be used to your advantage, not be a hindrance. Which I remember, and it has. Like, you used to use it as a weapon. Now, though, we've seen a softer side of Bianca Belair because I think it's been like a year, (laughs) and the next thing I know, you used it on Reggie, and I'm afraid that it's going to go back out the arsenal. Destiny is there. What's going on? I kind of sorry I went out. Um, no, I you know I I want to use it only when I need to use it. Right, Special I don't want to use it all the time, but I also want to get you know when people start trying to grab on it a lot, that's when I really start having to use it because I have to teach people do not touch my hair because when you do, you will get whipped. And by the way, that's a good lesson. That's a good lesson for people in general. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. For people in in life, like don't touch (laughs) my hair because you will get whipped. But I I don't want to use it all the time. I only want to use it when I need to. And in that moment, you know, in this big moment of my career, when I just won the Royal Rumble and I'm trying to decide who I want to pick and he's just all in my business. I don't even know why he was out there. Right. You have a damn smolier. You're like, how is it? I don't even understand what's happening here. Yeah. Without a bottle of wine too. Why why are you even out here? He's talking. I'm talking. I'm just like, what what are you doing? So then I I needed to get him out the ring. So that's when it it came back. Friday was a good night. (laughs) Bianca, listen, (laughs) I I think I speak for all wrestling fans. Uh, I do not know a soul who did not get immense joy from seeing you win. (laughs) The whole wrestling world is uh, is rooting for you. So enjoy the moment, and thank you so much for making time to hang out. Thank you for so. having me. Thanks for coming. All right, I'll see you down the road. Uh, Bye. There she is, Bianca Belair, SGG. Who who knew that this would become such a such a special week? I I, de- I definitely did not. I'm so happy to have Bianca here. You know, it was a it was a wonderful the queen of the black power rankings. I mean, come on, now. wonderful interview. I mean, 
like you said, we're starting with the Black Power Rankings. We can just go ahead and get this out the way. Three weeks in a row, Bianca Belair, the one and only. I mean, this week she better be. Yeah, the one and only, <laughs> Bianca Belair. Um, so, shouts to Bianca. Appreciate her coming on. SUG, uh, we spent some time talking about Peacock. We also have to say, um, speaking of the Black Power Rankings, rest in peace to the natural Butch Reed. Yeah. Big, big yeah. loss there. I mean... You know, a lot of us, of course, got familiar with him in WWE. That's certainly when I got familiar. I had no idea when he showed up. I mean, I guess he was there actually by the time I showed up, I should say. Yes, say. Um, You know, I didn't know at that point that he had been Hacksaw Butch Reed and that he'd been a, a main eventer for years before that in Mid-South. Tag team with JYD. Yeah, and, and tag team with JYD and then would go on um, and become a star again. Um, with Crockett after that in WCW. So like, I, I didn't, you know, listen, as a kid, I really knew him mostly just as being the natural Butch Reed. And at WrestleMania 3 and 4 are probably, you know, when I think of him the most. But, man, Dip and I were talking about this the other day. It's 2021, so it does not require a pause. But let me just say, I loved Butch Reed's body. I always yeah. loved how he looked. I just thought he looked, he looked awesome. He looked mage, yeah. He just, you know, everyone's got a body type. Everyone has a different thing, and it's all because they're sort because they're kind of real life action figures. The way someone's body looks is a major part of how you consume them as a, a wrestler. And Butch Reed, man, he had as cool a physique to me as anyone. Like he always looked jacked, but not like Hercules freakish. Like he he just had a, an awesome look, solid ring repertoire. Um, you know, it was obviously interesting. I, I was really thinking about this week for the first time that they went to the natural for his nickname in WWE and he, and also he dyed his hair. Yeah. Blonde. Which is such an awesome, like subtle heel thing to do. Like, yeah, I'm the natural. He's all natural. And Monsoon would be like, well, not his hair. And, and he would be like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's all natural perfect timing yeah, by the way that describes the body too yeah and it like it, it and, and perfect timing by the way they just released like 15 uh challenges wwf challenges from um early 90s right no from like 86 literally the episodes yeah. they put out are from when i they're literally the episodes of, that i was watching when i started watching wrestling Oh wow! Like they're they're before they're before the Hogan Andre turn. They're before the Andre turn. So wait, the Andre turn is probably going to end up on one of those then. Oh yeah, they're going to show it. But like you know, the one I was watching the other day, they were recapping and showing the match where Savage grabbed the bell and went upside Steamboat's throat. Yeah, I thought he killed Steamboat. That's Cell. Oh, Steamboat, Steamboat Cell. What about later? I trying to talk. <laughs> yeah. No, Steamboat. Joe, man. Incredible. <laughs> Incredible. Such, you know what? That show, man, you talk about a far cry from what we're watching now. Man, I, I wonder if they could do a show like that because they still don't do any shows like that. None of the shows they do are like this. The show was so fast moving. It's a match. The matches are all like five, six minutes long. Mm-hmm. Cuts to a Piper's Pit. I mean, cut, you know, goes to another match. 
goes to a snake pit, goes to another match, goes to an interview with the underrated Ken Resnick. You know, it goes to, it just, it all, it's, it's just a really fast show. It was an hour long show on television. That's just like, that's, that's why though. Cause I mean, with three hours, then there's, then you got to give people time. And then some people get the matches that go three segments, two or three segments. And then, yo, man, there'd be some benefit to people getting it in really small doses. There are some people you, you could get to, to jump back in and it moves so quickly that they get curious as opposed to you jump into a three-hour episode of TV, you might be like, I don't even know what the hell's going on here. And this yeah. is way too long. Yeah. I mean, listen, I know there's not going to be a place. I'm not going to sit here and pine for the day that they bring back a show like Challenge or Spotlight. But I will just say there's some benefit to some to some shows that are a little less complicated. A lot of summaries, a lot of quick hits. It's it's. I could not recommend it more. But rest in peace to the natural Butch Reed. I watched a couple of late interviews he did with Bill Apter. He did interviews with Apter in like 2019 and 18 maybe. Um, and you could tell he was. Oh, that's real soon. Yeah, you you could tell he was um, struggling health wise a bit. He really removed himself from the spotlight. He was really into rodeo. Um, he did rodeo stuff for a while, and then eventually left. You know, stopped doing that. But he was always billed as from Kansas City, Missouri, and he never left Missouri. He was still living in Central still Missouri. There? Oh yeah, he was kind of dope. Living a regular, a very regular life. But man, the natural. So it made me start thinking, SUG. Who are the other wrestlers who are around right now and at an age where unfortunately we could lose them because of how hard the business was, you know, but they're still around and maybe we're not appreciating them enough, you know? And I, I actually saw this week, speaking of which, I saw this week that uh, Terry, Terry Funk, Funk isn't doing yeah. great. Which got, oh. man, I'm, I'm, I'm praying for Terry Funk, man. Uh, who doesn't love the Funker? Mm-hmm. I mean, he's just the best. Like, so I, I, you know, but there are other guys out there too. You know, who we of that era, Slick. Yeah, Slick is mage. Slick was Slick was uh, the Naturals manager for a little sure while. Sure was. Sure was. Slick was mage. Slick Slick got people over. Man, the yo the manager thing. I want to know why they got so averse to calling people a manager. Yeah, I don't know. What? It has to be it has to have something to do with Heyman, right? Because he came and he was like, "I'm an agent." He he called himself everything but a manager. Maybe it is Heyman. Maybe Heyman changed it, and then they never went back. Like, yo, I'm just good with someone having a straight up manager. This is my manager. Yeah. Because guess what? Real entertainers and fighters have managers. Managers. Like, fighters have managers. That's a thing. You could be an agent. You could be a manager. You could be both. But like, yo, they had to give Carmella a damn sommelier. Sommelier. <laughs> yeah. And by the way, it's working. It's fun. I, I, I've enjoyed the relationship. Um, there's funny things about it. But like that guy couldn't have just been a manager. <laughs> like, yeah. why couldn't he have just been like trying to get service? I mean, I guess it's a way to introduce him that he popped up like that. But, but even Leo Rush, he was Bobby Lashley's hype man. Just yeah. Couldn't be the manager. MVP doesn't isn't called a manager. No. I, there's no one in AEW are they calling any of the managers? I I don't know if they're using that word. There's there a couple either. coaches, right? Yeah. Cool. You had Arn Anderson. 
Yeah. Was coaching Cody? Is Tully a manager? Tully might be. I mean, I think if Tully, anybody's a manager, he Tully is a manager. Be. I mean, I don't know yeah. what they're calling Tully, but he's definitely a manager. Um. So yeah, that was a long way of saying R.I.P. to the natural Butch Reed. All right, well, SGG, listen, this has been a lot of fun. Um, we're let's do another episode. Maybe we'll do another short episode this week and talk about the TV of it all, the SmackDown Raw Dynamite of the week. Yeah, that should be that'd be a good idea. As we get closer, I mean, they 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 randomly told us who's in the elimination chamber one week from this Sunday, which is it's so fast, right? Yeah, and then there's another pay per view um, in between Elimination Chamber and WrestleMania. Wait, there is, yes. What fast lane? Uh, yeah, I believe so. Fast lane in March. Yo, that's crazy. But I mean, I guess they don't really have gaps that are this long anymore. It would have been. Are you sure they still? They're still. I should probably be the one to know this. I would imagine because I believe that Peacock. Oh yes, the network is moving to Peacock in for March. No, yeah, it was for the Fastlane pay per view, like March eighteenth or something. You're right. Yeah, because Mania this year isn't till mid April, and we're not right. even in mid February yet. So they got time. So there is still a lot of time. Um, oh, that's interesting. I totally forgot about that. Yeah, Fastlane, Fastlane March twenty first. Fastlane would be the anniversary of my return to WWE. And what what a what an amazing year it's been. I mean, you became a champion. You know what? That year. You know what? Yeah, there's only one thing to say about about that. Well, two things. One, how do we talk about Edge this much without me playing this? On this day, I, I mean, that was the first thing everyone thought of when he won. Yeah. <laughs> a thousand percent. But yeah, that's what I was looking for. It's been a good it's been a good year. It's been a good, good. I, I'd say the best single year of anybody in the history of uh, WWE. It's fair to say. And by the way, one day you're going to hear this. Ladies and gentlemen, I, the Think, Howard Finkel, am a new inductee into WWE's Hall of Fame. Oh, soon, yeah. Soon come. Soon come. I can't, I can't wait for the day. I can't wait for the day. Oh, it's going to be a hell of a weekend. when I I'm already saving up for my outfit. Oh, start saving right now because you need yeah. to come correct. Exactly. Because you're not Bianca Belair. You're not designing your own. <laughs> no, no. Um, guys, we are still, by the way, getting emails. Rosenbergbeats at gmail.com. A lot of great ideas for the shirt. I don't know if I've seen the one yet, though. I don't know if I've seen. There, there, was, the, there was one. No, the, 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 the gentleman who sent the play on New Jack was very mage. Yeah, that that one is incredible. The back in particular is fire. The problem is that New Jack shirt to me just doesn't, even though I know the shirt, it doesn't like resonate with me emotionally. Because it's New Jack and it's like an ECW shirt or like it's not iconic amongst the collectors. Maybe, yeah, it's just like, it's not iconic to me. Like, you know, it's just not iconic to me. And it looks kind of, it's it because it was New Jack and ECW, it looks kind of intentionally sloppy. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, yours but I would looks take the back. Like- Maybe we keep that on the back. And on the front, we just go to like a painted imagery of, yo, what if someone painted one that was a picture of Bear watching on the couch as you see me holding the championship? And it says, Bear, I'm bringing it back on the back. No, that'd be hilarious. Bear sitting there peacefully. What did you say? Watching. Did you say Bear? I'm bringing it home. 
We got to get the direct quote. I think it's Bear on bringing it back. I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure it's Bear on bringing it back. I may have it right here. Hold on. You know, I keep this on me all the time. No, it's not on this computer. I'm on my. I'm on my new computer. Um, I believe it's Bear on bringing it back. Anyways, we're still looking at the emails. I do want to though, literally in the next week, figure it out. Um, but shout out to our listeners who we got so much love for that last episode. It was so much fun. It was like a holiday. Yeah. Um, but then, hey, how do we follow it? Bianca Belair. I mean, come on. Um, Rosenbergbeats at gmail.com, at StatGuyGreg, at Rosenberg Radio. We'll be back this week with more. SGG, do me a favor and, and, and take it easy. Stay my HP. It's professional wrestling. is the greatest professional wrestler in the history of the art form.